Welcome to PEI Spotlight Podcast. I'm Toby Michnell, Senior Editor for ESG and Sustainability at PEI and Editor of New Private Markets. And today I'm bringing you snippets of a conversation with BlackRock's Edwin Conway. Mr. Conway is Senior Managing Director and Global Head of BlackRock Alternative Investors, or BAI as they refer to it. BlackRock needs little introduction. It's the largest asset manager in the world, but what about its alternatives unit? BAI manages some 315 billion in assets for both institutional and wealth clients across a range of strategies, including private equity, infrastructure debt, infrastructure equity, credit, and hedge funds. I started by asking Mr. Conway where, looking across those strategies, does BlackRock see the opportunity for growth? I will say as we look at our clients' asset allocation today, particularly on the institutional side, we, you know, we survey our clients every single year. And what they've told us very clearly, meaning 80 plus percent of our clients, they're looking to increase particularly their private market exposure over the coming years, and actually quite substantially. So as I think about the allocation of human capital, the evolution of our products, and how we serve our clients, you're seeing a, a very significant focus on private markets. But when you take a step back and actually look at how our clients have allocated their capital, you know, two interesting themes become very apparent to us, Toby, is that from a capital allocation standpoint, we would conclude most of our clients are actually probably underweight, certainly infrastructure equity and also private credit. So as we think about areas in which we think we can continue to lean in and help clients in areas where we believe they're underallocated and underserved in many respects, I would expect you to see as within BlackRock, obviously continuing to invest in private equity, continue to invest in the other parts of our business. But I think by virtue of the underallocation to those two asset classes I mentioned, infrastructure, equity, and private credit, you know, we're, we're going to continue to lean into those spaces to help clients, I think, better allocate to that space in a world where we feel they're very underallocated today. Okay. And then in practice, I guess that means more or larger funds or different kind of fund lines from BAI? Certainly the funds are getting bigger in size, but uh, you know, I, I think from the foundation of the business, what you know, Larry and Rob Capito wanted to do, albeit 30 years ago when we started the Alternatives franchise, it was, wasn't really to emphasize one thing, Toby, it was around how do we step in and deliver investment excellence in each one of these asset classes? And just, you know, with hopefully with strong performance and with an evolving opportunity set, you know, the new vintages obviously would grow in size. You know, we have product across all of those asset classes. And, you know, we're not at this stage where we're in the 20 or $30 billion fund range size. We've been, I think, quite slow and purposeful to grow our fund sizes. You know, at the end of the day, I mentioned earlier, you know, we've been measured on investment performance. And as the objectives of the funds are, are quite explicit and they're created in most cases in conjunction with our clients, if we're not delivering that yield, that income, that return or that diversification, you know, albeit this franchise won't grow. And so I think you know, over the 30 years that we're now on to, in some cases, our vintage nine or even 10, but yeah, you're, you're seeing fund sizes grow. The scale is actually helping us and becoming a, certainly an advantage in a more crowded world. But our range of offerings across all these asset classes, our fund sizes range from anywhere from 1 billion to 7, 8 billion. And they are growing just by virtue of the change in allocation, the demand from our clients for alternatives. You mentioned one of the sort of areas of 
clients, and I guess it's the smaller kind of area at the moment in terms of wealth management channels. Just on the subject of kind of retail investors more generally, what is the kind of BlackRock view on getting retail investors exposed to and thinking private markets specifically, because that's what we cover? When you look at the the difference between an institutional portfolio versus wealth, it's really a stark difference. On our institutional side, our clients range from anywhere probably at the lowest case to be about 20% in private markets, even independent of their hedge exposure, all the way through to 50 plus percent. On the wealth, it's, you know, when we look across the globe, not just the US, but across Europe and APAC too, it, it tends to stand at about two to 5% of the typical wealth client's allocation is to alternatives today. And yet when we, when we speak to the wealth organizations that are partnering with the underlying investors, you can really see the ambition is around 20%. So you know, we're, we're seeing from our vantage point, you know, when you've seen just tremendous structural changes in the world, and we believe the necessity to have alternatives in your portfolio that's just a huge underweight. So for us, you know, trying to democratize alternatives and just make alternatives less alternative, much more accessible, you know, to the many as opposed to the few, because if you just take wealth up until more recent years, you've really seen the ultra high net worth individuals invest, but below that, it's very random. And so what we have in the US, the typical accredited investor really has de minimis of any exposure to alternatives. And we just think that inequity, as you think about their portfolio allocations, it's just so much harder for them to you know, hit their, their retirement objectives with such a meaningful underweight. So for us, you know, how do we democratize alternatives? How do we structure? How do we create exposures for these markets so these clients in mass can access it today? And I, and I know you know this, right? The wealth market just in the U.S. alone, you know, that controls more than $65 trillion. And yet only about 2 to 5% is in alternatives. So we think the allocation range of around 20 is, is very real, something that our clients sh- should be doing. And the days of when the 60-40 portfolio split exists, we think those days are, are gone. So in the US, if, if we think about what we've done here, we've made it increasingly accessible. Some of these products, like our BlackRock Credit Strategies Fund, CredX, or BlackRock Private Investment Fund, BPIF, as we call it, which just wraps primary, secondary, and co-investment exposures for private equity. And I think the more that we can literally democratize this, make sure that the access can be there and these exposures can be wrapped the right way, albeit whilst transmitting the right information, and I, and I think that's important, Toby, is there is a knowledge gap today. And these are long-dated, illiquid assets that are very complex. I think it's incumbent upon us and all the partners we work with to ensure education is a critical part of this journey too. So we're creating the products. They're becoming much more accessible on the platforms. We've really been leaning in through technology and other mechanisms to communicate and educate. And this will be a journey. Later in the conversation, we moved on to the topic of sustainability in private markets. Conway underscored the materiality of ESG risk and the perennial challenge, the lack of availability of ESG data. We then moved on to the opportunities associated with sustainability. BlackRock has an impact private equity fund in market, as we reported last year. Details on this are scarce, and Conway couldn't comment on it for regulatory reasons. So instead, we zeroed in on decarbonisation partners, a joint initiative with Singaporean investor Tomasek. 
this we believe is a, is a really interesting area because it's allowing us invest in next generation private equity companies and really that provide solutions and technologies which are just going to accelerate these efforts and the movement towards a net zero by you know 2050. So we as a firm and Tomasic have collectively committed $600 million uh, to invest in multiple funds. The first fund will be about a billion dollars of capital that we'll invest. And I really do think of this as a very innovative approach to climate change because it's going to help us define climate solutions as a standalone asset class that's both essential to our collective mission I think a really historic investment opportunity created by this net zero transition. I think that is a very big opportunity set ahead. And really what Decarbonization Partners is designed to do is to deploy capital with a focus on early stage and growth companies targeting next generation renewable and mobility technology in multiple sectors across the entire economy. And and, and I think, Toby, when we looked at the universe of capital that exists today to support this innovation, to support this growth, I believe there's a tremendous capital shortfall, yet you have a significant amount of innovation happening. And, and for us, we get excited because, you know, in my mind, that's white space. It means there isn't crowding. It allows us to have somewhat of a first mover advantage and really lean, lean into areas where we as a firm have clear expertise. So in, in energy, it's about you know carbon capture. It's about grid management. In mobility, you're really talking about commercial and heavy-duty vehicles, aviation fuels, charging stations, manufacturing and materials. I think about green industrial and construction materials. And then probably last but not least, the built environment. It's kind of the next generation recycling building management, software and solutions really as it applies to energy, lighting, and HVAC solutions. So if you take that entire remit, I'm say we're very excited about the ability to deploy capital to what I think is a very rich investment opportunity set that just isn't crowded, certainly yet, but given the capital shortfall, likely won't be for quite some time. That was Edwin Conway of BlackRock Alternative Investors. Catch up with all the PEI Media Spotlight podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts or at PEI's various titles online, like newprivatemarkets.com. This is Toby Mitchell, signing off.